0: Welcome one, welcome all to The Tension. I am your host, Mick White. The Tension is a podcast all about putting two theological subjects into right relationship and finding the truth that God desires for his church. It is our hope with the show that we will be able to reach the lost, equip the saints, and challenge you to think deeper into the things of God for the glory of God. We are thankful and excited that you have decided to spend some time with us and pray that in some way you will be blessed by the conversation. I am joined with my co-host, as always... My brother, pastor, and friend Eric Moran. How are we doing today, brother? I'm doing all right. And as we hear
1: mixed defeated uh, notes, there, uh, you know, I, I was I was trying to encourage him, and once again, I get slighted because I'm condescending and I'm this or that or whatever it takes. But either way, I mean, it was like as always, and and I'm teasing him. So then he's like, "I'm not going to do it today." So just catching you guys up. That's
0: where we are. Uh. Well, I mean, I figured it would be it would be different, you know, than that and you made fun of me and I felt insecure, but i'm letting the listener arrive at this. You know, i'm not i'm not saying any of those, any of those things. If you arrive at that conclusion that you did that all on your own. Uh i'm just kidding. I'm it's it's all in love. But today on the podcast we will be diving into our second episode of 3 in our in light of the gospel series today we will be discussing freedom and bondage we we uh oh sorry we know that we are free and no longer slaves to sin sin no longer has ultimate control over us but we are still susceptible to sin on the other hand we have most of the epistles beginning with being a bondservant to Christ but we also see being in bondage we see these claims inside of Scripture. Today we will be bringing them together, also talking about them individually and assessing what it means for us as followers of Christ. So the three words that we have looked at here are freedom, bondage, and bondservant. So I will define them really quickly. Freedom is defined as to be free, un- unhindered, independent, and liberty. Bondage is defined as slavery, subservient, servility, and servitude. Bondservant is defined as subservient to, controlled by, servant, or slave. So I think it's important that we first talk about why these things matter to us individually in our walk with God. So explain to us how and why these three words are important and give us a framework for each of them. All right, so I'm going to turn that back on
1: you. When you look back at your notes as you started out, what was the first paragraph about... As far as bond, slave, and servant, what was the first paragraph? You said that as we try and put these things, we are what we used to be, but
0: now we're no longer. What was that? Uh, that we were, we used to be, sin had ultimate control over us, but we are still susceptible to sin. Okay, so sin used to
1: be our master. We used to be the bond servant of sin. Correct. However, now we have freedom. Right. And then you define freedom as...
0: To be free, unhindered, independent, and liberty. All right, so that's a horrible definition. Yeah. All right, read it again. <laughs> to be free, unhindered, independent, and liberty. Sounds like Independence Day in America. Yeah, it does. All right, so
1: America, I'm offended because I am free, I'm independent, and who are you to tell me what I should do? Freedom is I get to do whatever I want to do as long as it doesn't hurt someone else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, Agreed yeah i agree all right so if we agree with that that's a horrible definition it's absolutely not biblical freedom is to know how to move within the rules of the game right so if we set up a chessboard and i say hey this is what the pawns do this is what the king does this is how the queen is the baddest one on the on the board oh, yeah. and the rook does this and the horse can go to and to it's the right knight, or it's left an, it's a knight yeah. not a horse well i mean it's it's the horse ta- figure. but it is talking the rules knight. of the game. It's a rook, which is the castle, and a knight, which is riding a horse. But it's all beside the yeah. point. The bishop has the pointy hat, and the queen is, like I said, the baddest one on the... Oh, yeah. And the cross happens to be, I don't know, the king. Yeah,
0: all right. that's right.
1: I'm glad that you
0: approve of the chess board. Yeah, I'm aware of chess. All
1: right, so um, that's not, all now I that we're aware, of, when, I, when I say the horse, there's only two of them on, well, four. To- anyway, all right, so... Go ahead. Freedom is not to move the horse, oh, well, sorry, the knight Mm -hmm. like the rook. Yes. Or to move the knight like the bishop. Correct. They have their own purposes within the game and they have the freedom to be able to move and kill because that's the purpose for which they were created inside of the structure of the game. Right. You have freedom as a player of chess Mm -hmm. to play me as my opponent. Yes. But we both have to know the rules of the game mm-hmm. or there's no freedom to move. Right. So if you just move the pawn like the queen, yeah, that's chaos. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's autonomy. So what we need to understand about autonomy is I'm God. I make the rules. There are no rules. I get to move however I want. Right. But nobody else plays this game. Right, right, right. So if you're playing that game, you may think you're right, but the only person that's going to condemn and hurt is yourself because nobody else sees it that way. Right. So the rules of the game are the agreed-upon way that every one of us has a worldview, and then we have to understand there's only one truth, only one worldview that is universally the same, right? and it's God's. Mm -hmm. So then as you understand through trial and error, as you understand through the Word of God that then promises you this this beautiful invitation as you continue to struggle against who God is and the fact that you're not Him— as As you start to enter into the game, you settle into certain things you do, cause and effect, have this ability to move and and be moved. Mm-hmm. Freedom is not autonomy, doing whatever you want. Freedom is finding out the rules of the game and then moving within that game with the goal of winning, yeah, all right, so bondage
2: mm-hmm.
1: is being trapped by oppressed by. A lie that then steals your ability
0: to do what you were created for. So good is uh performing for the function for which you were created. And evil not perform not performing for the function for which you were created. So you would be bound
1: to evil. Correct. And then hopefully growing out of that into good mm-hmm. to where then you're in the game. Right. And then when we we read things about, you know, we read things about, we read things that Christ says about being. Hey, the the harvest is white. The workers are few. There's a game going on. There's this war being fought. Right. The question is, put me in coach or let me fight the battle. Right. But you can't really be in the battle or actually play the game until you know the playbook and you know how to actually go to war. Yeah. So that usually comes through what? Basic training. Right. Or spring camp Right to be, to be able to to practice with the team to learn the playbook to mm-hmm. be able to have this time period of liminal space of so right. here I I I didn't know anything about football I go to a football camp which is I'm not going to stay in camp the only reason I went to camp is to play football right and the only reason I had to go to camp was because I didn't know how to play football before I went to camp correct so I'm not there to stay there I'm there to learn and then get on the field right same thing with freedom your freedom is for you to finally come to the end of playing by your own rules, mm-hmm. to enter into a liminal space that says, okay, I'm not God and he is. Right. How do I become a disciple learner? Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm in this period of learning is so that I can be used. Right. And when I get the regenerate heart, when I get the change status, mm-hmm. I get to then have the freedom to be able to make my own choices because I'm not in bondage. Right. And this is why they're connected. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the bondage to the lie. Right, what was the lie? Well, that you were God, mm-hmm. or that you came up with the rules right. or, or that your worldview was clear, your world was your your worldview was right, right, so when you start to be freed from your lie, i'm sorry, I can only think of Neo inside a matrix where my eyes hurt, and it's like because you've never used them before, right when you start to realize everything that you ever thought that you knew, you only knew in part right, and now that you're receiving better questions, better answers that lead to better questions. You're able to get in the game because when people ask you questions, you have to be able to give them answers that you've learned and received and walked through. So when we look at freedom, freedom is not freedom from the rules. Freedom is inside of the rules. Right. All right. The rules are for you, not against you because no matter what you think there's rules because there's a rule maker. Mm -hmm. Um, the, Ten Commandments. Oh man, there's this hard God. All right, but who thinks that they should be able to sleep with other people's wives and it'd be okay?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Who? who well, I thinks, mean, there's people.
1: Oh yeah, but they're wrong. All right, oh, who, yeah. who, who thinks that they could like take your life and it doesn't matter?
0: Um, there's people.
1: You can watch HBO documentaries, oh, and yeah. but they're sick in their mind and they're wrong.
0: Yeah, there's usually an older white guy saying that they're awful. It. We'll, well, well, I'm talking we'll about leave
3: documentaries. On, we'll it it. Right, either way, what, what
1: we're going to say is freedom is to be within the rules of the game and then be able to be free to make choices inside of the game that you've been placed. Right. Freedom comes from the structure, the framework. Right. That's going to become important as we look at the scripture because God is God. Right. He is sovereign. Correct. He's invited you to be part of who he is. Correct. As soon as you think you're who he is, you become part of the problem, not part of the solution. Correct. If you believe that you're part of the solution, you become oppressed. Mm-hmm. You become, what was your word, uh, freedom versus...
0: Uh, hold on, let me go back. Bondage is what bondage. I meant. Bondage.
1: You are in bondage of your wrong view.
0: Yeah, you're bondage of your own will.
1: Okay, you're bondage of your own will. You're a slavery of your own lie. Right. He's presented it to you, but you've believed it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: All right, so the only way out of it is to believe the truth. Right. When you believe the truth, you've just entered the game. Right. Now that you've believed the truth and you've entered the game, you now have the right to choose right or wrong Mm -hmm. because that'll get into bondage of will. But now that I have the ability to choose right and wrong... I'm accountable and responsible at the throne of God for my choice because of what he has done, because I've entered into the gospel. So that's entering into the game. If I've not been regenerate, if I've not entered into the game, I can't be held responsible because I was born dead, spiritually separated from God, Ephesians uh, 2, 1 through 3. So you're not responsible because you can't understand the game. I am condemned because I'm already a son of perdition. Right.
0: Right. I'm just, I'm just trying to clarify yep. like what you're saying. So I understand I'm tracking Bond,
1: bondage of will. I think that's your next, yeah, yeah. the first question. Yeah, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll redefine that or actually go deeper inside of that, but there's no way that you can understand freedom mm-hmm. and oppression right or what do you have? I'm sorry. I keep uh bondage. bondage. What okay. Have. So bondage of the will, oppression of the lie. Mm-hmm. When, when, when I, oppression is what comes into my heart and mind because you're oppressed by an enemy. Right. Or you're lifted out by a savior, right? But you've never been able to do either one. You need either need a savior, or you've been crushed. You've never been the authority of anything, right? And that means you're the bride. You're either the the one that receives their name through the oppressor,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or you receive your name through the savior. Okay, so wait, I want to stop here because I've been reading a lot of the Old Testament because you've been you know challenging everyone, to, everyone to do that. Yeah. So. Let's. I want to talk about this then. So when they're in the mm-hmm. wilderness and yeah. their exodus, I love when you do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, in their exodus, when they're complaining and they're saying, "At least we knew who we were when we were slaves in Egypt." Now, I think what's interesting is, is they fail to realize that they've entered into the game because this is when God has said, "No, you're my people." Now he's saying, like he's giving them this name because of who he is. Like he gets to be their God and, or he gets to be yeah their God and they, they are his people. It's so interesting to me because now they're inside of the game and they're basically saying, I want to go back to when I, when I couldn't, when I, when I didn't know, because that seems better. I mean, we see this theme inside of scripture is what I'm saying. This is in the very beginning with the, with the beginning of God's people. They automatically want to be like everything that's going on around them. You see this later on when they want a King, you see this. They're always warring against the design, but is it is that because they are in their they're spiritually born here, so now they're infants in their understanding of Yahweh? Is that the reason that this is that this is happening? So let me ask you a question on top of your question, and oh, that's kind of like
1: Jesus, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Would, all right, I'll answer your question if you answer mine. Yeah. See, you just take the wind out of his sails <laughs> and. He's like a Georgia fan. He gives up so quick. <laughs> All right, so here's uh, the thing. If, nice. if I ask you a question, can you give up on the design without giving up on the designer? No. So what they were saying is, we know the designer of the world. Mm-hmm. We love the design. Mm-hmm. We're willing to worship and serve, but at least we knew when we went to work, we would get to eat food, and right. you've got us out in this wilderness where we don't get, to know anything in our own power. Right. we have now become totally dependent on you inside of a place that we don't know how to operate in. And we would rather go back to where we can have control so that we can know what God owes us, because that's the lie of me having autonomy. Right. Inside of the wilderness, on the backside of the blood, the blood bought water of the sacrifice that crushes the enemy's armies. Yeah.
3: You find yourself totally dependent on God mm-hmm. and you don't like it. Yeah. Welcome to the
4: door. Okay. Interesting.
1: As you enter into the door, there's going to be a natural thirst to want control. Right. To want pride. To want to want to
0: to know who you are. So it's almost like the illusion of choice though, in a sense. The blue pill and the red pill, I mean right back to the matrix. Well, that's what it boils down to. They're warring with the illusion of their choices like you don't you think you have a choice but really you're stuck. Like you, you don't you don't even have you're not even inside of the freedom to operate inside of the game because you don't even know the rules yet. And 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 I may
1: be old enough to age myself to make the matrix, but here's the thing. You're Neo, the chosen one, but you don't know who you are. Right. Yeah. So you got Morpheus that shows up, which is Don the Baptist, which is sent before you that says, I have faith that you're the one that I've been sent to, to, to say yeah, is so the one.
4: Pull out,
0: yeah. Or whatever. All right,
1: then I put before you the blue and the red pill, and I say, hey, I put before you death and life, but I say 30, yeah. life. All right, mm-hmm. Deuteronomy. And then you got Trinity. Imagine that. The female that is inviting you into this love relationship to realize who you are, sent by the system to be able to be freed, that says, open up the door. You know where that road goes. Yeah. And you know there's nothing down it. Yeah. And you know there's nothing but despair, and there's no answers. And if you want to take the other pill, you can walk down that road, and you can stay inside of your deception. Or yeah. you can take the pill Yeah, and then realize this world is using as an energy source, that it's sucking the life out of many of our brothers and sisters, and it breaks your heart to where then when you start to see the truth, you understand you have been changed so that you can change others because we are living inside of a world of lies. Right. When you look at that and you look at the exodus of. <laughs> deuteronomy and moses not necessarily the matrix in 19 whatever it was that i remember
0: 2000 it, oh, it, was it was in the 90s
4: it was
1: it was like when he did the like dodging bullets that was like the cutting edge of special effects doesn't really matter yeah you're right ultimately what does matter is the story not the special effects in moses's day written unto the believers he says this once god has crushed the enemy's power and has removed you into knowing that you have nothing other than dependence on God, when that takes place, there's going to be the, but they get to go out to the club, and they get to eat ribeye, and they get to do this, and they get to do that. And then he says, however, you are my chosen royal priesthood. Yeah, treasured possession. Treasured possession by me. Chosen means it was my choice to save you. Royal means of God and not of this world. Priesthood means the meeting of heaven and earth. Right. Holy nation. In other words, one that has been set apart as a people that are different. My possession called out of darkness into light. Now, when that takes place and you say, well, he has now freed me to know who I am, mm-hmm. it came at the cost of what I loved. By my oppressor or what? what is the by my bondage bondage. I was a bond servant of the world, the flesh and the devil. Right. The desire of my flesh could be food. Mm-hmm. The desire of my flesh could be methamphetamine. Yeah. The desire of my flesh is to find my own satisfaction by my own standard. Right. God says, and that is a lie. Yeah. Because your standard doesn't matter. Right. Hey, your father's standard doesn't matter. Yeah. Because he's a liar, and he's been a liar since the beginning. Right. I am the truth, the way, and the life, and my standard is you're a filthy rag in front of me. Right. So very vivid image. And what is it demand on the front side?
2: Mm, I don't know.
1: A vivid image, and you don't know. If you are a filthy rag, (laughs) menstrual rag, they could not be in the presence of the camp because of the separation need, well, of the blood. Need,
0: like so, I need cleansing. I need um, need new blood. I guess. All right, new blood,
1: cleansing. Keep. I mean,
0: I, I need to be well. And yeah, because I need to be restored. I need to be renewed, or I need to understand who I was supposed to be, not what I believed I was.
1: All right, so we'll just start with those four. I need to understand differently who I am that I was not correct that's the mind right right psyche yep i need to receive new blood yeah new life the whole sacrificial system according to leviticus is the life of the blood is in In the the creature leviticus 17 and now i offer that on the altar as an atonement for your sins it's right there in leviticus 17
0: wouldn't that be the spiritual act of worship though i mean technically in a sense because it's not the the sacrifice is our life now it's not the animal
1: If you find your life inside of the blood coursing through your veins, you are separated from the spiritual life because you think you're alive in this world.
4: Right, right, right.
1: The life of the creature is in the blood, meaning if it pours out, it's going to show you your spiritual condition as it goes. Yes. Either it is unto life or unto death death, for all of eternity. Right, right, If the blood flowing through your veins has now been shown to you to be inadequate, right born in iniquity Mm -hmm. separated from the purpose for which it was created yeah and a transgression that will always use others instead of loving god and others Mm -hmm. you are absolutely in hell right now yeah and you are a son of hell and this is heaven so enjoy it for your little 80 years but you're headed to eternal damnation and separation right all right or 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 the blood in your veins is the separation that as the outer man wastes away, the inner man is growing stronger and stronger because you're spiritually alive inside of his standard instead of yours. Right. To where you're spiritually alive instead of physically. Right. To where you're looking forward to the consummation of the promise of the physical because you're a spiritual being having a physical revelation. Right. All right. When those things switch. Mm Mm-hmm. Ninety-eight percent, baby. I mean that, that Satan's not stupid, and he's the most beautiful, smartest creature that God has ever created. He knows how to stroke our ego. Oh yeah. He, he knows how to keep our pride. But I'm telling you right now, if you can hear my voice, he's trying to deceive you with as much truth without you seeing it. And ultimately, it means this: you, me, we, we're nothing. Oh yeah. In Him, we are everything. Yes. Not I or me, because that doesn't exist. Right. Us and we inside of community mm-hmm. means that I no longer live for myself. I no longer try to hoard. I know that would be coveting. I right. no longer need your wife. Right. I have everything that I need already, and whatever he gives me, I get to pour into, because it's better to give than receive. Right. Right. Because I'm in the image of his Son, right, which came only to seek and to serve mm-hmm. and save the lost, right You just said we need redemption, we need salvation, we need a new start. Mm-hmm. None of that is available to us, right, apart from God, yeah, the gospel and what God has
0: done. Well, it, well, yeah, because that being a part of the promise, and that's where the lineage gets into, because we can go back and trace the person that God made the promise to. So if we're inside of that lineage, then we're inside of that promise. So therefore, the promise that was given to Abraham matters to me, because it were it's all of us are included in it. The life that David lived is important to me, because I'm inside of that same message. That's where it becomes important, because when you're reading, you're not just reading names, you're reading... Names of like your family, your spiritual family. Like these are we're all a part of the same family because we all have to be that we're all restored by God. It's not like Abraham was restored by God, but I'm not restored by God, but I'm in I'm still in the family. It doesn't work that way. We all
3: needed that. So let me ask you a question. Okay. The Bible is to reveal who? God. Right. And God as a father. Okay. As a father that has two
1: Prodigal son? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, as a son and the spirit? What? He's got two knuckle headed sons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So you just rewound it all the way back to Abraham. Here's the thing Ishmael and Isaac are the two knuckle headed children.
4: Right. You
1: may not ever agree with a Muslim, and the Muslim may absolutely, I don't know, take your head and saw it off on TV. Yeah. But God says, I love you both. Right. Because you came out of Father Abraham. Right. Oh, but I don't think that's right. God doesn't care. God's God. God never asked your opinion. No. He never said you have authority to challenge him. No. Nope. And the bottom line is you think you can, so that's just proving you're not. But ultimately, um, Father Abraham had the Muslim lineage. He right. had Well, Arab. We'll go Arab lineage. And then he has what has been made available through the new covenant in Jesus Christ unto uh-huh. those of promise, which are the Gentiles. Those that are on the outside. And he says, ultimately... You are no longer oppressed. What was your word? Bondage. Bondage. You are no longer in bondage to the lie. Right. You're no longer bound to the lie. And you've now found freedom in the truth. Right. So one is a positive. Yes. The other is a negative. Correct. The negative is the lie of this world. Yeah. Well, I think I can. That's a negative. (laughs) Negative, Ghost Rider. That is (laughs) not true. That's funny. But freedom is to fall in love with the rules. Correct. Because if you fall in love with the rules, there has to be a rule maker. Correct. To have morals, there has to be something that matters. Right. There has to be an approval or a, a, an authority or a greater thing. Because if you're like, it doesn't matter how you treat others, because let me smack you. <laughs> right. Let me just, oh, it doesn't matter. And me just open-handedly like, ah, right. <laughs> you're going to be like, where did that come from? That wasn't fair. Yeah. Why not? Who said? Um. So so when we say that there has to be an authority greater than us, right? Then 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 frees us inside of who He is mm-hmm. to play together. Yes. So the three, but yet one. We have the Father, which is authority, right? You as the Son of Promise, and me as the Son of, we'll say, duty. Yeah. Does what I do matter? Yes. Does the fact that there's a promise that what I do isn't enough matter? Yes. It only matters because there's a God and Father that loved both of us knuckleheaded children. Absolutely. And throughout history, we've got this story, and we can make our brothers into our enemies, and we can miss the response of God, and we can absolutely lose the gospel. But the bottom line is this. God did not ask our opinion. No. He has put us in the game through regeneration. Correct. Which is a question I think that's coming up. Yes. and Because he shared the questions with me today. I'm I'm kind of ahead of the curve. <laughs> but ultimately, when we look at that and we say, when we're looking at the gospel, what do people need to hear? What they need to hear is this. They are being oppressed. They are in bondage from the lie. Well, what's the answer? The answer is the truth. And the truth will set you free and you'll have freedom. But here's what it costs to enter the truth. you are not God. I want to go P. you're limited, so he's going to just leave this on my shoulders. So what we're going to do is you are limited, right? all right so as 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 I say to you that you're limited, you are limited inside of the rules of God to know God and be known by God, which happens to be the gospel. when we go back to Genesis two and it says capital l o r d that would be Yahweh creator personal God creates you by breathing the Ruah, the Holy Spirit, the mind of God into the dust. And the original people understood dust as those that had been created as a creature and then died. So the God of all creation breathes the mind of being able to know and be known into something that is dead unto being reborn into life in this new relationship. You are now invited into his game, his rules, his his opportunity now if that's true then you have been chosen as his royal priesthood where heaven and earth meet because you're his possession mm-hmm. so that you can proclaim the excellencies of him so so it, there's nothing good in me other than the gift of god that's been given to me by grace which is unmerited favor so that i can tell you about the excellencies of him who called me out of darkness and into marvelous light. So nothing is about me. Everything is about him. And anyone I get
3: to share that with gets to at least rub against the truth of encouragement, of
1: invitation versus discouragement and condemnation. Yeah. And that's who we get to be. And right. and, and if that's not enough, you're not in the
3: game.
4: Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that.
3: I, I, I think it's interesting, only because
0: looking, look, looking back on being stuck, being in bondage, not being able to see the see the truth that I can't save myself. All I have are choices, but really, at the end of the day, do I have a choice if my fate is already sealed? No, is the answer to the question. Because if your fate's already sealed, then it doesn't really matter about your choices because you're going to arrive at the same destination anyway, right? I mean, you're getting into
1: deep theological waters with that question.
0: Well, I mean, that's what I'm, but I'm listening to what you're saying, though, and that's basically what you're, what you're giving me. So, what we got to do is we got to do something with the predestination and foreknowledge.
1: So, yes, predestination <clears throat> means that God is sovereign and he knows everything. That means omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Right. All right. So either that's true or it's not. Either he's God or he's not. All right. Oh, I mean, if he I, yeah. if he is God, uh-huh. then it has nothing to do with him. Right. He's God. Right. Right. All right. Then when me and you are looking at our destiny, what do we mean by that? Are we saying, oh, it's God's fault for our destiny because we've always been destined and He has sovereignly said this or that? That that's the main. Is that the thrust?
0: Yeah, well I mean I would say so because what you're saying it like the the way that the the way that it would be framed if I was coming at it would would say being on the opposite side I would say I don't have a choice because my fate is sealed. It doesn't matter what I choose, I'm going to get the same
3: I'm going to get I'm going to arrive at the same place because God hasn't selected me. All right, so the best I can do yeah is offer up scripture. Okay. To where it's not my authority,
0: no, 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 and I understand that. I think I'm just trying to, I'm trying to come at it from the other side, almost. All right. So, number one, God in Ezekiel 36 starts like
1: this: um, "Tell to those of the house of Israel," which means tell those that are in the house of those who struggle with me and with others, uh-huh. that God said He's doing this for the sake of His holy name. Mm-hmm. So, your destiny um, doesn't really matter because you don't matter as an individual. That individual. Oh, I matter? That's a lie. Mm -hmm. All right. So either you're of the household of those who struggle with God and others, or you're of the household of those who love themselves. Correct. But you're not an I. You're still a we and me. You're part of the kingdom of darkness. Right. People place presence. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're part of the kingdom of light, people praise people place presence. Right. And 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 you either have a bunch of people that are offended and don't think it should be this way. And right. oh my gosh, what kind of God would and he owes me? And what kind of destiny? And oh my gosh, I cannot believe in a God like that. And right, right, okay, right. but here's God and he's like, I don't care. <laughs> I happen to be God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and if you don't like a sovereign God, who are you praying to? I prayed and he didn't give me the prayer that I wanted. So, you know, I don't like that God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> might be because you're not praying to the God that, that says, yeah. I, I will show you who you are. Now, right. with that said, in Ezekiel 36, he says, I'm doing this inside of your brokenness mm-hmm. so that those that are broken can see the invitation of who I am through how messed up you are.
0: Right. Well, because, yeah, because he's the only one that can offer it. So, and, and I can get down with, uh, hey, you're broken. I'm going to use you message.
2: Oh, yeah. I because
0: mean, that's me all day. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not against what you're saying. I'm just, I will say, if, if I had had the argument with you as a non believer, when you presented Correct. it to me with the, I'm your, driving there, you're, yeah, you're a kingdom of right. one or the other. Right. That would have thrown a huge wrench in my, my path i would have been like dang i never really thought about it and what way. you're
1: trying to say is um if i'm destined to be damned i'm destined to be damned and it's god's fault i yeah, i didn't get enough credit I, the, I didn't get enough information that's the argument. yeah that's what i hear i'm good so here's what the bible says i mean in other words this is like old not like older than me and you old old right here it is right and he's saying hey the reason i did this has nothing to do with i don't know you because you, yeah. you're not important yeah uh so the fact you think you're important that would be the first lie. <laughs> the second lie is, I mean, you're like grass <laughs> that died this morning and will be a... I mean, it doesn't really matter. You you
0: don't matter. You you do not matter if yes. you're not part of something that matters, all right? Okay, sorry. I was going to say really fast, but the, the interesting part about this is, is this is going driving back to the Bible or whatever, but the people that were whining and complaining inside of Exodus, when they die out, God gives that same promise to them when they were children but he puts their name on it instead because once again this is driving back to this is God doing it about his name not about the individuals
1: alright so we'll go from Ezekiel 36 and we'll go back to the 12 spies and Moses sending them in and then them coming back and 10 out of 12 saying nope there's giants and we can't do it and then <laughs> right. God's like Caleb and Moses are like yeah we can do it and they're like nope you're gonna wander with these fools <laughs> And when they die, we'll do something with it. (laughs) So then for 40 years, they wander around the law saying, we can't keep it. We can't keep it. And Moses is like, yeah, because we should have went into the promised land. And Caleb's like, damn it, I wish everybody should just die off so I could. Because how do I know that? When they all die off, and he says, you keep asking what's going to happen to our children? Things are getting so bad. (laughs) What's going to, I mean, and and is that not what we feel about our children and grandchildren in America today? Uh, What is going to happen? And God's like, well, all of you playing fake games are going to die off. And then I'm going to use your children and grandchildren in amazing way because I'm going to show up. Yeah. They all die. Yep. Caleb's 80. Yep. And they're like, let's go fight. And Caleb's standing on the mountain, like in diapers saying, yeah, let's go kill them all. Because he believed God, and God kept being his strength, and he was willing to to, to defend, love, and die for God. Right. To where the zeal of Moses and Caleb get to encourage Joshua to take Caleb into the promised land. But ultimately, if you want to talk about the, the false religion of going around the Ten Commandments, thinking that it's about moralism, right. and you trying to live up to man's rules and standards, you are going to die never being satisfied. Oh yeah. If you realize God has let those Ten Commandments be known because they were revealing who He is and all the things He was going to take away from us. There you go. Then inside of love and pursuit, you get freed from the lie of man and the weight to where you enter into the promised land now, yep. to where when we fast forward to Ezekiel and he says, Hey, the only reason I did this was so when you walk into this new life and people say, Man, what's going on with me? Mick can say, let me tell you what God has done. He's freed me from this because he has sprinkled the clean water on me. This would be Ezekiel 25 through 27. But either way, he's like, because Jesus is the living water, and he sprinkled me clean and removed all the things that I loved before. How did he do that? by removing my heart of stone and giving me a heart of flesh, which required and loved the blood because it needed it for life. Right. And when he did this, he put his Holy spirit within me and he caused me. In other words, I fought him, but yet he led me. I was a sheep. He was the shepherd into what? Falling in love with his statutes and, and being able to obey his rules, not because I have to, but because I get to. And out of a heart of thankfulness, I get to tell the gospel in a way that oh no I don't deserve it right. it's all grace yeah. that's the truth yeah. let me tell you how he fulfilled the law because Moses was pointing to him and not me right until you until you're free of that you're gonna be oppressed by your own imagination yes your own standard your own story it's not the gospel it's the lie of anything other than the gospel. Because the gospel said, "I've done everything for you to fall in love with. Right. If you don't fall in love with it, it's because you loved yourself."
4: Yeah, well, I mean, I,
0: when I will say that that's what God's shown me the most over the past year, is that it's not about me as an individual. It's about it's about God and His people. I mean, that's it's about what He does. It's about it's about us bearing His name, and that what we do matters because we are representations of Him as His as his holy nation as his treasured possession as his royal priesthood we are to represent god to the world that's what our job is we are to be his representatives we are to be the moon to the the sun we reflect his light on the earth and in the darkness people can see and they don't stumble around in complete and total utter darkness because they see these representations of of god through his people and that's what and that's what i've seen is that the only reason I can do anything is because he enables me to do them. The only reason I can provide for my family is because he is providing a way for me to earn and earn a living. You know, he's given me open the door for the job or whatever that may be. I know that's a blessing from him. Yes, I had to work to earn those things, but if I hadn't been given the opportunity by God, I wouldn't be able to fulfill the need that my family needs you know that my children need for food and all those things he's given me the opportunity to do it but i have to go do the work to receive the wages that i am due for that but i but i always go i always give god the praise for giving me the opportunity to be able to go to work to earn wages it's like anything in anything in my life though you were created in the image of god correct
1: yeah i was created in the image of god
0: correct The
1: man down at the bus stop, right down here. The image of God. All right. And he's created in the image of God because of his spirit. Yeah. All right. So what makes a Holy Spirit is a spirit in right relationship with God because he's holy and because he's holy, you are now holy. Correct. What is
3: the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the the spirit that is in right relationship. Mm -hmm. All right. So
1: us and we means this. Everyone that's in the Bible only matters because I matter because the people in the Bible and my life only matter with those that I leave next. Right. So you have past, present, future, Mm -hmm. all one time equally important in right relationship. Right. You have the Bible of all those that have come before that don't matter unless you live it now and they don't matter, us or them, unless someone else falls in love and God empowers them. Correct. The same Spirit, which becomes holy because it's in right relationship is the ability to know and be known by God. Mm -hmm. That's the gospel one-on-one. I can't, I can't, I cannot boil the gospel down into a simpler form than to understand God has made his kingdom known through his people, his place and his presence before us, through us and unto those that come after us. And Mm -hmm. whenever that stops to be, Whenever that stops being true, it's the end. Yeah. It's the end. Yeah. All right. So it's not the end. Right. We're who we are. Right. They are in their finished work. uh uh-huh. They've gone the way of the fathers. Mm-hmm. If we don't go our way of the fathers before the end, mm-hmm. then there is those that we there there are not those that we're gonna pour into. Right. But you better live like there are. Yeah. So When we understand our lives matter because of those who came before us, and that's why we read them and fall in love with them and lean on them. Right. So that we can empty ourselves of leaning on our own understanding and direct our ways unto his path. Right. Because there's those that we
3: believe and hope are coming after us. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's freedom. Yes. Because you're inside the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are the parameters. Yes. Everything else in this
1: world is trying to steal it. Right. It's trying to make you watch football for 12 hours on Sunday. It's yeah. trying to make you go to work and think that it's all about getting the promotion that somebody else wants. It's Right. It, it, it's the soap operas. It's the drama. It's the hatred. It's yeah. the offensive. It's, it's the news. It's So
3: if we know that, if, if we can clearly put that in front of us, Mm-hmm. why do you say what you say and why
1: do you do what you do why are you chasing what you chase and why are you saying what you're saying there's a motive a desire behind everything that you pursue and do mm-hmm. it doesn't mean any of those things are wrong it means in wrong relationship they become something that can deceive you yeah i can sit with two believers watching a football game and enjoy their company
3: and not want someone to get hurt
2: Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) and love god faithfully yes i can
1: absolutely think that my identity falls on whether my team wins when my name's not on the roster and wear their (laughs) uniforms and pretend like I, i i matter but i don't and i know it but yet the only thing that matters is whether we win this
3: weekend and you are living a lie There's an invitation that says this, you can be freed from your
1: oppression, which is a lie, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: by entering into the gospel, which is the rules. Yes. Well, what are the rules, Jesus? The rules are love God, your father, with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul and everything that you can understand, and then pour that into others which will make you stop being so self-centered and focused on your, on, on you. Right. But that'll cost me everything. Yeah. you damn right. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't think of Jesus saying it any other way. Right. Yes. Yes. That is it. Yes. Finally, you understand bifurcation, no middle ground. I would spit you out of my mouth if I could, if you want to play in the middle. Yeah. It's one way or the other. If you're going to get caught up on silliness of words instead of understanding the message, you are just trying to wiggle out from underneath what you're hearing. And the bottom line is this. Either you are living your life to love God and others, or you're not. Period. Hmm. So go to your next question. I I mean,
0: Well, Martin Luther wrote a book in response to a critic of the faith uh, titled Bondage of the Will. Will you break down the difference between bondage of the will for non-believers? All right, so Martin
1: Luther and Zwingli and uh, Calvin are all part of the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s. They're getting away from the church saying, hey, the priest kept it in Latin. Nobody knew what to do. It was about doing Hail Marys. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Catholic Church and the priest have all the hookers and the drugs and the land. And it's like, well, I mean, this can't work. All right, so then, hey, we're going to swing the other way. So now it's none of that stuff, and it's all about what you think. Now what he's saying is when you return to saying, hey, what do I think? What do we know about Romans 12? What does Romans 12 say?
0: Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's about all. Ooh, that's Romans 12 too. That's good. That's what I have memorized. I urge you, brothers and sisters. Yeah. uh, To offer yourselves... As a living sacrifice because it is your reasonable act of spiritual worship. Is that right, correct? Exactly. So okay.
1: it, when we put them together, he's absolutely right. Romans <clears throat> twelve one through three says, therefore, I, and I'm not reading it. This is just out of my heart, which I, I encourage. This is a, this is a crux where we're talking about right. because it says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters, which means what? This is the most important thing that I can tell you right? because you're mine. You're my right. family. You're my brothers and sisters. So as I passionately go after your heart, because of who you are in the family of God, mm-hmm. this is what I urge you, brothers and sisters, to offer your physical life as a living sacrifice, right? which is your reasonable act of spiritual worship. right? So it's taking your bio and your Zoe and saying to no longer conform to the patterns of this world, which is your psyche. right? And we've got all three elements. right? But when we put it together, what God says is, listen— if you're my brothers and sisters what I need to you to hear most passionately is this the body you're living is a sacrifice that you can lay down for God and others right which will then spiritually feed you right. so that your mind can be transformed right. to where you don't see and understand your spiritual eyes and ears the world by the same pattern as everybody else that doesn't have the gift that you have right so then you can reasonably discern mm-hmm. the right way and good way of God good being
0: Performing for for the function for which you were created.
1: All right, that's good. Right being what you ought to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so you're inside of the right function. You're doing the right things because you're doing it in the right relationship. It's right. only because you've realized your body is dead already. Right. Give it to God. Yeah, yeah. So that as your outer man wastes away, your inner man grows stronger and stronger because this is just a tent and you're tabernacling right now. But when we get there, there's a building set up inside of us being the temple of God Mm -hmm. and you being a temple of God individually to where then we get into Revelation where you're a stone inside of the temple. It took all of us to be who he is to where Jesus says, man, you guys are going to do greater things than me. Of course, we're not going to be greater than the unique son, the firstborn oh, of yeah. all brothers, but together throughout 2000 years, we're going to do more than he did in 33 years because of who he is and who we get to be in it. Right. To where your life matters. Yeah. yeah. Your life is not insignificant. You're not watching Netflix trying to figure out what movie makes you excited. Your life
0: should be exciting. Well, it, it, well, because basically what you're saying at the end of the day is, is that the message is greater than my life, and the message that's greater than my life will carry on after my life because it's the greatest message that the world has ever heard, but that's what makes it matter because you're taking part in that message. So define your life. Because in English, that could be all three, right? And whether it's Zoe,
1: whether it's bio, whether it's, whether it's psyche. When you say, it's greater than my life, what do you
0: mean? It's greater than what I think. It's, it's All right. So, for psyche? Yeah, it's greater than my my opinions of what I think it should be. So psyche? It's psyche It's greater than sustaining my own longevity for my biological bio life. Bio life worth, what, 70, 80 years at most? Maybe, yeah. I mean by the grace of God and common medicine now it used to be less than that. Really. Right. And I mean, I feel like, you know, with the research being done that I'll be able to
1: live to like 250, 300 years old with everything being done. Right. <laughs> I'll take a night. Nice, right. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, it, you know, when I get up, I just pee excellence, yeah. but ultimately in the end, I don't care if you live to be 200, 300 years old, you are a blip on the screen. You're insignificant in the truth of the eternal message. Right. It's to continue to break you down from the lie that your life is the most important thing. Yeah. You are filthy rags apart from being invited into a new name.
0: Right. Unless you're a part of the eternal message, then you're nothing more than an afterthought because by, by the end of your life, fast forward 30 years down the road, you're forgotten, dude. 200, 200 years from now, nobody's going to know your name. Yeah. It's, and it's, and it's even
1: this. if you get, get to live like this great life that you did something that
0: was impactful, it's going to be somebody, it's going to be a historian's opinion. Well, and so and this is what's interesting to me cuz and I'm not I don't want to get off into it too hardcore but we see the fruits of this like the message that Martin Luther King Jr had right where he saw everyone coming together no one was hating by the color of their skin but the content or, but by what they did as people that's how that they were they were seen we see now in in society now that it's it's back to that racial thing like they didn't fight that fight a long time ago to get us away from that lie Like, there wasn't this huge civil rights movement inside of our country that was trying to get us away from that stinking thinking, if you will, and bring us together to be, to live in harmony, you know, instead of constantly being at war with one another because of the way we look. Who does that? We do. I mean, people do. Society does that.
1: Society approves of it, but media puts in front of us.
0: Well, yeah, exactly, but the, but they're always doing it because they're saying this is going to directly affect you, and it's going to directly affect everyone that you care about, which is true. I mean, it is, I mean, those things are true, but we're seeing it now. If we're not paying attention to what people have said throughout history, then we are doomed to repeat those same patterns, and we're falling into that again. But we see this—that's the same thing that you see inside of Scripture, too. That I mean, they do it—Israel does that constantly in the Old Testament. And if you're not aware, they're going to continue to be able to do it because they dictate the
1: motive of your prejudice, and everyone is prejudiced if they find their identity in their flesh. Yes. So if if, if there's a motive or a medium that is trying, media in plural, that is trying to tear us apart, the opposite is what what Martin Luther King actually presented, yeah. which is, I have a dream where these things could be torn down. Yeah. And they killed him for it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Jesus, right? Yeah, pretty much. And then they took Jesus' Good Friday and made it an MLK Day to make everybody racially like, well, why'd they take Jesus away? Because it's it it's a spiritual intent right. to tear down unity right. because as long as we're divided, we cannot stand. Right. Martin Luther's sponsorship, which was the original question, yeah, was yeah. this. You are not free. From your dead, spiritually separated condition until you are regenerate, until you are reborn. Right. So when Nicodemus, like a ninja at night, sneaks into, you know, when Nicodemus sneaks in Jesus', you know, right. uh, room. John's over there writing it down like, oh, my God, Nicodemus showed up. And then he was like, oh, <laughs> hey, Jesus. And Jesus like turns to him. is like, hey, unless you're reborn, you can't see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus is like, what? What I'll do is I guess I, I what you're saying is I have to be born of my mother again. He's like, no, no, you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're born singularly through water in the Holy Spirit. And don't be surprised that I say what is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Because those that are born of the spirit, it's kind of like the wind. You can hear it and you can feel it, but you don't know where it came from. And those that are born of the Spirit are going to be able to depend on God in that way. All right, so what just happened was this. Nicodemus, the religious person of the day that has authority, sneaks to Jesus so that he doesn't lose his public opinion. He meets Jesus with this young cat named John. It's like, I wonder what's going to happen right now. And he's paying attention. (laughs) The words that come out of Jesus unto this authority that is false is this. To see the kingdom, not even to enter into it, to see it, you have to be regenerate. You have to be reborn. Oh, does that mean I have to be born of my mother and father? Now, he's sarcastic, just like me. That's fine. It it could be a divine attribute or sin, whatever. (laughs) However, when we look at it, what is he saying? He's saying, listen, until you're reconnected, reestablished, returned to being a spiritual being having a human experience, you're going to be a human being trying to find a spiritual one which is what Nicodemus turns around and says. He says, but me being a human, what am I going to crawl back in the womb of my human mother and be born humanly again? And Jesus is like, no, you're going to be born for the first time, apparently, Nicodemus, by water and spirit. Right. Well, who is the water? Well, I am the living water. Yeah. Well, how do I receive the spirit? Well, the spirit is in the blood, and I'm going to pour out my blood, and you're going to receive me as living water and the spear comes out, you see water and blood trail down, and the church is born through the pouring of the water and the blood so that we have a door to enter into, and you're, be, you're able to see it by understanding that is a new life. That is being reconnected to what we lost. It's, it's what God had to do perfectly to invite us back in. Now, when that takes place, you now no longer have a bondage of will. You were born dead, spiritually separated, identified by your father, the devil, the deceiver, and you believed a lie now that you're free from the lie, you have to now trust and believe in the truth. Well, what is the truth? I happen to send my son, and now all this scripture to be able to you know be able to confirm the truth is this: you were never created for this. you were created to be in my kingdom as my people the presence of God on earth, the temple, the heaven and earth, and to be able to know that I am your God in authority. Now that I don't have the oppression or bondage of will, I have the freedom of will for the first time now given back to me to where when I choose to obey or disobey, that's my fault. Yeah, God has made it to where I don't have to. And, and when I choose to then rebel, I am accountable and at the throne room and the Bema seat of Christ I will pay for everything I've ever done wrong. I will answer for every thought that I've ever had. It will not be hidden. And I'm just as messed up as everybody else is hearing me. I'm not saying that that makes me better. I'm saying that I'm saved through the work of God, the work of his son, so that when I do receive all the punishment I deserve, it doesn't come inside of the fear of not being in the family. I'm in the family. Now, did I live for the family? That's what I have to
0: answer for. So this is a this is like a perfect segue into my next question. So Paul talks about us being free to do all things, but not all things are profitable for us. To me, this rings the bell of bond servant. We are bound to do the will of the Father because it is the the design for believers. Romans eight twenty nine is being says being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ is the will of God. Who will? Oh, sorry. Who we all know only looked and listened for what the Father tells him to do. That's Jesus. Jesus openly tells his followers that he did nothing of his own accord. So with all of that being said, what is the takeaway for those being disciples
2: of Jesus? Jesus was perfect. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Take that away.
0: Well, but see, then that's the thing, though. But he then Diedrich Bonhoeffer in the Cost of Discipleship lays this out perfectly because Jesus then turns to his disciples and says, "You are to imitate me." So he's basically Correct. saying that no, you will never do it perfectly, but that does not mean that you are not absolved from trying to do it. So, what does he say about the master and the te- what, what does he say about the teacher? Uh, he says that is, is this is this where you're talking about where if you were um like slaves, you wouldn't be a part of the plan or whatever that wouldn't tell you the plan, but you're a friend of God, so he includes you in inside of the plans and what's going on. Is that where you're talking no, about? No, I, no, I'm...
1: that's the progress of going from bond servant, slave, one that washes feet, okay. and two and we did that. Well that's what that's the what, one I was listening to. Yeah,
0: that's what that's what I'd that would be my that's what I, my stab would I'd be stabbing at. Alright, so what I'm gonna just <laughs> So So
3: I'm not right, so what what am I supposed to be? Where am I supposed to be at? I'm going to type in. <clears throat> Why does,
1: well, it doesn't. So here's the thing that Jesus teaches. You can't be the teacher, but you can be like the teacher.
4: Right.
3: You're not going to be Jesus, but you can be like Jesus. So when, when we talk about
1: bond servant and we look at the the term, it says, uh, I I will number one, go to. The fact that that term is used 94 times out of 126 is servant. Okay. And out of, I got to scroll down. Slave is used 19 out of the 26 times, 126 times. All right. So talking to someone as, as I was riding here and, and just asking their opinion, just on surface level, what's the difference in a servant and a slave? A servant is one that lays down their ability to worship and serve because they get to be a servant. So it's it's birthed out of love. It's birthed out of respect. It's birthed out of the ability unto, I offer this to you. I'm a servant unto you. And we love this inside of Christianese because I, I, I like the mercy of God, but I don't want the pity. Yeah. So if I have the mercy, I was pretty good. All I needed was a little bit of worship, a little bit of service, and then right. I'm a servant, and I'm good because I got to serve you. But I get credit for being a servant. Right. A slave means you own me, and no matter what I do, it's not good enough because you own me. 19 out of 126 times, it talks about you being a slave. So are you a slave unto God because he's the creator? Yes. Does he have ultimate authority regardless yes. of whether or not you agree? Yes. So you are a slave. He didn't ask. It, it's not like, yeah. so what do you think, Mick? Are you? No. No. <laughs> He's saying, you are a slave. Right. Why don't you just admit it to where I can then show you the plans to where you're no longer a slave and then you become part of the family, which is what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. You come in as a bond slave. Right. But the master doesn't tell the slaves the plans. He tells the plans to a friend. Right. So now that you came in and you realized you're a slave, you're either a slave of darkness or you're a slave of light. Right. You're either a slave of Yahweh or you're a slave of Lucifer. Yeah, yeah. You are either a slave to the truth or you're a slave to the lie. Right, right. But you are nothing but a slave. Yeah. So get out.
4: Well, I think.
1: No, you're a slave. (laughs) All right? Right. And, 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 And the deception is to think anything different. No, you worship and serve someone because of who you believe you are. Right. So you either believe the lie and you worship and serve out of the lie, or you believe the truth and you worship and serve out of the truth. Right. But when I watch a Georgia game and you're painted and wearing shoulder pads and worshiping, serving a pigskin that goes over a chalk line and you pretend like you're on the team, you're deceived.
2: Yeah.
3: Or you
1: can understand that you are part of the light unto your children and into your wife and into those that are struggling and actually have something that matters not on Saturday afternoon for about 45 minutes. And then hear the commentators tell you what you want or don't want to hear. Right. Your whole life was one or the other. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy them both. And it doesn't make anything wrong with being a bulldog fan. It means that if you find your value and your identity as a bulldog fan, that's a lie. Right. You can be a godly, Georgia Bulldog fan. Yeah. But as soon as being a Georgia Bulldog fan makes you cuss and lose who you are, you're failing to realize the importance of your life.
4: Right.
0: Well, you're finding your identity inside of the game, inside of, you're finding your life inside of that game and not inside of what God says. How about you're finding
1: your identity inside of a game instead of the game? Oh, there you go. Because, like we said, we, we define freedom as yeah, yeah, being well, inside I'm, the game I mean, and knowing the rules. Mm-hmm. But if you take one pawn and you make it about football. Yeah. And you make that pawn as important as a bishop. Yeah. Then it becomes your religion. Right. And then you get up on Saturday and you worship football more than you do God on Sunday. Yes. And that needs to be a red flag. There needs to be something that goes on inside of your spirit that says, I am placing this in an unnatural position between me and the God that has created me. And if not, then it's not because of the creator. It's because you want to.
0: Yeah, so the illustration I would use is instead of sitting down to play chess, you take one of the pieces or three of the pieces, whichever you want to, set them off to the side, and you go, yeah, you can go ahead and play this game. I'm going to play this one. And then he's like, well, what's the game? And you're like, I I don't know. I'm just going to move stuff, and your turn. Or I'll even play the game. Yeah. But you can't have these three pieces. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I'll I'll, I'll I'll pretend to be God. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll, I'll pretend to be in God's kingdom. Yeah. But you can't have the bishop and the rook and- A knight. The knight. We'll go with the knight. Yeah. It is the horse as far as the character, but he's right. <laughs> it is called the knight. But either way, I've got these three pieces that I'll play all day long, but I'm not going to get you around these three pieces. I'll lose the game of God before I give up these three things. Right. That is idolatry by definition. That is, these are the things I truly worship. Right. I'll play the game Yeah. because, I don't know, I'm not God. He placed me here. He happens to be the creator. So, by default, I'm here. Right. But these three things are what I worship. Right. These are the things that matter to me. So I'm a slave to them. Yeah. And I will worship and serve them as a servant. Correct. And not God.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's an illustration I was just trying to put put in front of us.
1: So your three pieces versus however many pieces are on a
3: chess piece is a laughable know. lie. Yeah. And you'll be condemned for it for all of eternity.
4: Yeah. But I mean it's a reality
0: though. The bon-
1: bondage it- of will is this, as far as what Luther was setting forth. Great right. book. Jonathan Edwards, John Owens goes into a lot of commentary on it. What he was proposing is this. This is the Ericanese backwoods but this is what it comes down to right all right you were born dead spiritually separated correct if you stay there yes your will is in bondage to your lie of who you think you are that's all you got so your psyche is now bound inside of the heart condition which is full of darkness and death and you will do nothing but live this bio life for yourself and you Mm -hmm. will leave this world and they'll sing country songs and talk about dale earnhardt oh yeah been there Yep. Others will still call you a saint, but it won't be true. Yes. All right. Now, with that said, the opposite of that is to be free from your bondage of will. It's one or the other, and I need to really go back and read it, but either when we look at Pharaoh inside of Exodus, Pharaoh hardens his heart six times and God hardens it three or vice versa. God hardens it six times and Pharaoh hardens it three. I, I can't remember which one. It doesn't really matter yeah. because the math is still nine out of nine. Mm-hmm. God hardens his heart and Pharaoh hardens his heart. And the thing we have to put in tension is this How can Pharaoh harden his heart and God harden his heart? Because if God hardens his heart, what do we end up with other than mix original? Well, if that's my destiny, then God is the one that did it. All right. I don't talk like that. That's, well, no, you don't talk like that. I, <laughs> That was for you know <laughs> emphasis. Not no, he doesn't talk like that. All right, it was S-
0: funny though. And
1: always, <laughs> just, that's how he talks. Oh so anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I love him. Yeah. So it, it, and and I'm the bad guy. But either way, here here's the beautiful part of that. I, I'm pretty sure God hardens his heart six times, and Pharaoh hardens his heart three. Just because here's the point. You can only. Fall in love with what God has done. It's a gift if it's happened. Amen. Or else you have religion, right? Amen. Religion's not true. Right. The gospel is God changes your heart. Right. And you fall in love because you've been first loved. Now you love him. Correct. And the, the gospel sets you free.
0: Right the di- the well, I just want to say this really fast cuz I love this illustration you say but the the difference between religion and christianity is religion is man working his way to god and christianity is god making a way for men that's the, the the origin is is where it begins that's the crucial point the part of it like that's the thing i'm not i can only see things that i see now because of god that's the only reason I, that's how i frame everything else from my life it starts from right there i'm because I spent so much of my time starting from me and everything outward, but I had to arrive at the crucial point and it was, well, things were happening before I got here and things are going to be happening after I'm after when I'm not here. So I can't be the arbiter of everything. So he says you're a mist, right?
4: Yeah. Vapor right.
1: mist vapor or dew. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that don't last long in the morning. Well, yeah. So Mick, you work at what? EMI. Uh, E-I-M? Yeah, there you go. What is it, E-I-M? Yeah. All right. He works where he works, all right? Making tents to provide for his family. Right. All right. When Mick leaves, he just got a new car. When Mick leaves <laughs> in his super fly new car, which makes his making tents valuable, he yeah. leaves. He walks out, he looks down, and there's a dew on the grass. Yeah. He backs out, and before he gets to his stop sign, the Dew is gone because the sun comes out and melts it. So literally, the only thing that Dew knows about Mick's day is he came out, got in his car, and he left. Now, out of a 24-hour day of a 90-year life, yeah, how much was that 48 seconds going to be able to explain Mick? Probably not much. Not much. He got out and got in a superfly car. That was it. Right. He doesn't know the car that Mick had that drained oil all over this, the the, the ground that killed the grass. He doesn't know anything about what happens next when the children get grown or he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything about it. And God's saying, yeah, you're like that. (laughs) You're
0: like that. 48.
1: Yeah. You you got no idea about the plan. (laughs) The only thing you know is what I show you. Yeah. So that means everything you know is revelation. Yeah, absolutely. And by God, that's the most beautiful truth. It is. It's beautiful. Because then you get to receive everything he reveals by the hand of one that shows you what you don't deserve Mm -hmm. while in right relationship of, I don't know. It's a great answer. I don't know. (laughs) But I know there's a God that
4: does. Right.
1: And I know that there's a justice that I can't explain. Right. And I know that vengeance is in mind to where I have to go kill somebody that kills something I love. Yeah. It's going to be set right one day, Amen. and I get to be inside of that short period of time revealing and receiving
3: without trying to be something I'm not, which is a lie. Right. Unless God, Ezekiel 36,
1: takes your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. Right. Unless he washes you with, I don't know, Jesus Christ as the eternal water and Mm -hmm. the blood being shed, you'll never get rid of your idols. Right. And it'll be the three pieces that are set over here, and you're going to continue to live for them because you've never fallen in love with who you are in the game. Right. And you're trying to protect these three pieces that don't matter. Right. For the short vapor dew that you're here. Right. And you're exchanging pitifully the truth for a lie because the bondage of the will is this Pharaoh hardened his own heart because God never changed his heart. So the only thing he could do was to harden his heart. Right. So did he choose to harden his heart? Yep. Why? Because God never changed his heart. Yeah. Is it God's fault? Well, he did it himself. But did he do it because God didn't change him? Yup. <laughs> well, I don't like that. God says he doesn't care. <laughs> well, I don't think that's fair. That's probably because you think you're God. <laughs> well, what kind of God? The real one. <laughs> well, I don't agree. Well, enjoy hell. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, what else, I, know, I mean, I I Ted Turner. I can't wait to get to hell to where me and everybody can party. We'll have a good time with that. Yeah, right. I, I'm not going to be able to take that away. Only God can. Right. But if God doesn't, I can understand you saying, "Hey, I'm rich. I'm powerful. You're stupid. I'm rich." Right? I mean, yeah, it, there, I it, so, so it doesn't really matter until it matters.
4: Right. But
1: it's going to matter.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's plenty of Or
1: else I'm wrong and you're right and hey,
0: mm-hmm. You, you you're you got the upper hand. Well, and I think the difference is I always tell people this too. I mean, have you ever been sincerely wrong? And then they're like, "Well, yeah, I've been sincerely wrong before." So it's not possible that you're sincerely wrong about this, even though you feel passionate about it in some in some way, form or fashion. It at the end of the day, could you be wrong? And they're like, "Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess," and. That's but that's the conclusion you have to you have to arrive to. If it's a possibility that you could be wrong, then I I try to I try to stay there, especially when talking to other people. I I tell them, you know, that if you if it hasn't been shown to you, there's nothing that I can say to you that will prove that God exists.
2: I I can't remember. Oh, you got something good here?
1: No, I, I just remember reading an author and he did a great job. He built it out of scripture. I just can't do. I, I can't remember how he did it. But right. what he what he presents, you'll be able to see in scripture when you go to
4: read it. Okay.
1: What he presented was where Paul in First Corinthians two, wherever he says, I decided to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. Oh yeah yeah. All right. So I decided as a choice to know is three, but yet yeah, one, no experience, right. no truth. All right. So and I've decided, chosen to know which is the truth, nothing
3: other than so bifurcation. Right. Jesus in his death. Right. What he presents
1: there is, I didn't come with great words of eloquence, and I didn't come so that you could be talked into it. I came so that when you do fall in love, you'll know that it was done by power and the spirit of God. Right. There's no arguing someone into something that they can't be argued out of. Right. There's no weight on you to have the perfect words to save everybody. Correct. And I'm going to tell you right now, anybody that ever steps into a pulpit or speaking opportunity wants to do that. Correct. But they can't. Right. And as soon as they come to terms with the fact that they can't and they get to be who they are, they'll be able to more clearly point to the one who can. Yes. Because of the distraction and thinking that they're responsible or accountable to things they can't do. Correct. All of that to say this be who you are, the way God created you, and allow him to flow through you as you receive, as revelation everything he's revealing, and he'll use you as the branch, him being divine, God the Father being the divine, uh, divine owner, dresser. dresser, and the fruit being what comes out of you. Right. And you will be just as surprised as everybody else, like, dang, I didn't know any knew that. That sounds good. <laughs> I might have saved myself just a minute ago. I mean, it. it's, but then you get to know that he's the author and perfector he's changing you i right? mean once you fall in love with that you're like paul hey man i've decided that i don't know anything other than what christ has done right and it's only because of him dying that he could live so that we live to die
0: correct so let me let's let's move on down to this part right here we haven't really discussed this much on the show so let us dive into being regenerate do you think that believers can continually sin or do you believe that even if they stumble for a little while, believers will repent and return to the work that God commanded for his church. Just to balance this equation, if we say that bondage of the will from from and being spiritually dead and separated from God, Ephesians 2, then the opposite would be true for believers. We may sin, but we will be convicted of our sin and return to God. And this gets back to
1: the sinner and saint. It gets back to identity. So what do we mean by sin? and return to God. All right, so sin is your separation from who you are, which is going to then dictate what you do. Not sin is what you do that separates you from who you are. I may need to repeat that. What I need you to hear is this. To be regenerate is to be reborn. To be reborn means to be reconnected unto God the Father through the work of your husband, the last Adam, whose name is Jesus, so that it's the name above all names, and you receive his name and not your old name from your old father. To be regenerate means to have received the spirit of God, by God, through God, for God, from God, to where you are holy, not because you do holy, but because he is holy and you are in him. Identity. Amen. When that takes place and you understand the words coming out of my mouth, this, is, this could be a whole other podcast as far as the carnal Christian versus the, I don't know, real Christian. Ooh, I'm going to write that down. You can't be a carnal Christian. It, it, it doesn't exist. How do we make it go into tension? What it means is this, a Christian that is an infant is a carnal Christian. All right, so in other words, upon regeneration, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit through the finished work of the Son for the glory of the Father. A new life is birthed inside of your heart. You move into this relationship, but you are bad at it. That would be a carnal Christian. <laughs> Wait, say that again? So, I Okay, I can say it all again. As you are regenerate through the seed of the Holy Spirit being planted inside of you by your husband, Jesus Christ, for mm-hmm. the glory of the Father in his new name. Mm-hmm. You are now a new creation, but you're bad at it. Yeah. You've been invited into something you don't understand. Right. You need others. You need milk. You need to be taught. You need to be walked with. So you're a carnal Christian. You cannot stay there.
2: Yeah. If I you stay
1: there, you're a liar and you're pretending to be something you're not. Okay. Okay. Because you can come into church and you can learn Christianese and you can get all the pins and you can tithe and you can you can get on the back row and you can feel good about yourself. But ultimately, if you are not growing from, I don't know anything about who I am into, oh my gosh. I cannot believe who I am because of who he is into, oh my goodness, he didn't do it for me. He only gave it to me to share with others unto being able to parent brothers and sisters to plug them into realizing who they are and what they were sent for. You're not alive.
0: So you're saying that if if you are a Christian and you're only doing things that sustain yourself, you're not a Christian.
1: You're doing them for yourself and you're not doing them for God. That's lost. That's a good one. What I'm saying is cycle of life. You are born an infant. Yeah. Totally dependent on your mother. Yeah. Absolutely selfish. Oh yeah. Because where you came from, the only thing that matters is you. Oh yeah. And everyone that invites you to church is like, oh, let me let you have the certain seat. Let me let me move down. Yeah, you be there about I don't know six or eight months and you'd be like, hey, this is my seat. Move over. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, when you were visiting, it's kind of cool. Yeah. But after a while, you ain't no you ain't no visitor. Move on down. Yeah. This is my seat. We've been sitting here for 13 years, right? Yeah. Right. It's part of the culture. Now, here's the thing you come in, new believer, don't know anything Christianese. Yeah. You go from an infant to a young child. Right. Mine, mine, my mine, mine, my mind, mine, the pelicans from Nemo. Mine, mine, my yeah. mine, right? My, mine, mine. Okay. But you have to be that. Yeah. You don't get to skip it. So, through Celebrate Recovery, when people would come in and they're coming out of addiction and they're already broken, they don't have any answers. I would invite them to give their testimony, right? If, and when those that were extroverted enough to do it, they would go up and they would say, I could almost tell you what they're going to say before they said, God is my strength. God is my refuge. God did this for me. God met me in the cell. God did this. God is amazing. And it's mine, my mind, my mind, my mind, my mind. God is mine. And he's made me awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But if you continue in that and it's real, Mm -hmm. you're going to start to realize but it says the only reason he did this for me is so that I can do it for him and others. So you go from infant to young child, my, 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 and then as you grow out of being a young child and you move into young adult, all of a sudden something starts to click in the gospel that says, wait, wait, it's not my It, it is that I know he's mine and I'm secure, Right. but the only reason he's given me security is to stop being secure and live for God and others, and then you go into young adult which is your ministries, how can I affect the the lost? How can I affect the homeless? How can I affect the drug addict? How can I affect the person going through abortion or that has gone through abortion? How How can I make a difference in others' lives because of the difference he's made in mine, which was the young child? As a young adult, you start saying, the only reason he did it was not for me, but for him and others, and you move into young adult and you get into ministry, all right? Now I got you. there's a ceiling that happens there, or I should say, there was a ceiling that happened in my own walk. Right, and seven ministries. I'm pounding my head. I'm trying to figure out God. I'm doing every. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I read a book, Jesus on Leadership. A couple things. I read a book a week. The things I remember out of that book. It was a powerful book. It's a very short book for most people. So what's so anyway? It's, <laughs> when you look at it, there's a shot at me. So when when, when you look at it.
5: As always, <laughs> <Shut up. laughs>
1: long story short, Go it, ahead. It, it, it had the fact that if you were to walk away from a ministry and it would shut down, that ministry wasn't about Jesus, was that about ministry you. was about you. Yeah. So within a month of reading this book and the impact that it had, I, I backed out of like five out of seven ministries, there were fully capable people that were my resources that I got to turn around and say, no, 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 I want you to have this ministry and I want to be a resource. Let's switch the script and let you take lead, so that I can be free to be able to pursue. And it wasn't until real life discipleship by Jim Putman, I think is the name, and me be able to remember names. That's awesome. But Jim Putman, I'm pretty sure real discipleship. He's got this cycle of life, and he says I became a parent at that point.
0: Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I was actually literally about to say that. So
1: as a parent, now I look and I equip the saints, Mm -hmm. dedicating myself to reading scripture and prayer to then put older children with younger children for the older children to be able to do ministry and the younger children to have someone to do ministry with right right so that they invite what brand new believers as infants to come in right and you got the cycle of life yes very few are going to ever enter into parenthood yeah pastoring it's tough hey i I love
0: preaching oh yeah i don't want to be a pastor the I love being a pastor, but I I would never choose it. Well, it's okay. So it's like it's interesting that you say this because this is exactly where I find myself at right now mm-hmm. in my walk with God. I'm I'm entering that transition phase where it's not about everything that God has done for me in my life. Right. I'm I'm good. I'm good and okay. And I'm I'm all right with giving God the credit for everything that He has given me. I'm I'm totally good for that. Now the the problem that I'm finding is, is that the more you and this is just where I am right now trying to be transparent, but the more that I'm trying to enter that parent role to pour into other people, it's a lot of people saying their their focus almost becomes shifted to me and the things that I do and in the way that the way that I operate things, the way that I try to try to lead them or anything like that, and it turns into but it's interesting because what i'm figuring out is is that there's parts of me that need to there's there's still parts of me that need to fall off as i become like romans 8:29 says as, as i conform into the image of christ and a lot of those times it's me laying down what i think you know my psyche expending time with my bio life you know in the things that i do to get to be a better representation of God to others which is but that's that that's just kind of where i'm at right now but it it costs what i'm getting at is it as you enter the parent role it costs you more because you're having to it's not all about you you don't just cry and someone caters to you and everything changes you actually have to do the work you have to go enter into the making tent parts of it getting the blisters on your fingers and and all those things it, but drives me back to being the child and crying out to God and saying, help me as I continue to try and conform into the image of Christ. I hope that made sense. I don't uh, think
1: it did. It, it, it made sense, but you're bouncing around, and, and, and what I'm going to try well, and I'm do is... I'm trying to figure it, no, it out, too. No, no, no. I, yeah, not, not, not against you. Okay. I, not, in other words, as you're sharing it, and I'm listening to words <laughs> that we could rewind... Be my Chris Tucker here. No. All right, so... Hmm.
3: God, you can listen God. to the words what coming out of my mouth. Absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. All right. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> young, young child. Yeah, yeah. Young adult. Yeah. Parent. Yeah.
1: Infant. Carnal yeah. Christian. Yep. Young child. No such thing as carnal Christian. Correct. If you never move into God as all these things, you were a liar and you were just using him as a genie. That was unreal. You're not saved. You're lost. Yeah. Carnal Christian, enter into young child. God is my refuge. God is my strength. God Correct. is God. Yeah. Yeah. God is God and I love God for God. God right, right, is right. God is God of grace, holiness, beauty, Yeah. value, God. All right. But once you're once you're grounded in God, Jesus would say, But the only reason God wants you to know and love Him with all your heart and your mind and your soul is the second commandment. Which is then to, out of that right identity and relationship, love others. Yeah. So you enter into others, and you're jumping to the pastor role, which, since the day that I met you and heard your heart, I think you're headed to. Yeah. I don't know that you're there yet. No. And and the reason I say that is off of your own words. I, I'm not saying that. I, I, I'm I looking at where you're at. What I'm saying yeah, is. I'm with you. Okay, off of what, you're, what you just shared inside of those words that you just shared was, I I see things, but I'm feeling the pressure and the approval or the reaction of when I apply it. That's young, that's young child. That's young adult rather. That's young adult stuff. Yeah. You're learning inside of ministry how to take the young child, which is going to be the one saying, well, I don't know why you're doing that. What, what, so they're going to be the, the person that you're not getting the approval from. Right. But you're going to have to come to terms in the young adult that the young child is not who identifies you god is right and when you become just as confident as god is my refuge god is my strength god is my (laughs) when you become just as confident inside your ministry that i'm not doing this for the world i'm not doing this for my flesh i'm not doing this for my reputation i'm not doing this for money i'm not doing this for any other reason than god is worthy of what i'm doing can you enter into the pastoral role now when that happens it's going to be because Other people see fruit in your life that they say, I want to have your energy. I want to be like you. Come and see. They're watching you, and they say, hey, we're calling you to take this church, or else God allows things to happen in the church that puts you in that position that you step into out of faith. It says, okay, God, I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm going to follow you where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And then he puts you in a pastoral role. All right, so when you come into a pastoral role, the difference is this. I don't want to be an officer at the fire department. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm already an officer in every other place in my life. I don't want to be responsible for another person. Right. I just want to come in, drive the truck, send some water, <laughs> and somebody else go put the fire out. That would be great with me. If I right. could just drive the truck and give you water, I'm a all day.
4: Yeah, yeah. Oh, but you'd be a great
1: officer. Because it's I don't I've I've got that already in my in life. All right. With that said though, when you go to pastoral role, you're no longer looking for ministries into others. You're looking to minister unto the flock that Mm. ministers to others. Right. You've then got an assigned flock. Mm -hmm. So it's Cedar Creek. Right. Because of what God has done and where I'm at, Mm -hmm. those that come through the doors of that physical building are assigned unto me to pray over, to worry about, to be invested in, to walk beside, to dedicate myself to the word of God and prayers over those that He's given me. Mm -hmm. I cannot. Be the pastor of Cedar Creek and the leader of Celebrate Recovery and the leader of Highway to Heaven and the leader of experience in God and the leader of this and the leader of men's ministry and the leader. That's not the way it's designed. I am the pastor that equips those that are called as young adults to lead men's ministry and Celebrate Recovery and and they say I want to be in charge of a ministry and I need people to help me. Good, we got these young children that can help you as a young adult to learn how to minister. But you're not a pastor because you're not assigned a group of ministers. Right. And you can t- call them deacons, you can go to elders, and you can, you, can, you, can, you can use whatever terms you want. But the difference is inside of God's design, when you look at it, right? Paul said, no, Timothy and Titus, I am their father. Yeah, yeah. I am their spiritual father. They yep. were born through me. Yeah. And when I get to God, he's going to say, what did you do with my children that I gave you? And I'm doubly accountable. Right. If you receive that pastoral role, and right now there's tons of people that are probably tearing me down to say I shouldn't be a pastor and they'll look at things that doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter because I'm not worried about their approval. How do I know that? Because I was a young adult.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: If I was never a young adult and I don't care about the children's voice, I care about God's voice, I never should have been a pastor. Say that again if i'm a young adult and uh-huh. i'm 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 heading up ministries right but i'm worried about what the children say i shouldn't shouldn't do instead of what god is saying i shouldn't shouldn't do right i'm going to live for the approval of man okay if while i'm a young adult i realize it does not matter as much what they say because what i'm doing is for god's glory and what i've prayed over where we need to go right there will be people in affirmation that allow me to know that's true. I'm not saying that I'm going to be a dictator or anything else there's There's elements inside of there, right What I am saying is this: If I had not fallen in love with being a drug addict that doesn't deserve the grace of God as a child as 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 an infant right being embraced and seeing the weakness and being mind 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 me 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 right. God giving me the homeless community in North Avenue and then celebrate recovery and then experiencing God and then the jails and prisons and, and, and all the ministries he allowed me to be filling the pulpit. All, all of this was maturation for a ceiling that I hit in my personal walking experience that then said at one point, 336 people put in for the fire department, 12 people got the job. I got it. And I was 41 years, I was the oldest person in the room and I've never held a fire hose in my
3: life. Yeah. So that I could be a pastor. Yeah. Now, when I move into that pastoral role, people can say I shouldn't be there, mm-hmm. and I really don't care what they say. Yeah. Because I'm not there
1: because of them. Yeah. I'm there because God put me there. Yeah. And I'm willing to step down any time, whether the flock or God says that I shouldn't be there, because that's why
0: I'm there. Right. Well, see, yeah. I, I find myself there, though, with like worship ministry which is your first layer of the onion inside of this adult. That was my first, that's my first walk into the adolescent stage, not the child stage. When I heard that, that's what made me reach unto you because as I've told you,
1: I've spent some time with you and I see, I see you eventually being able to move into the parent role. So now as a parent, I see something in you that I may not see in everyone else inside of that parenting structure right i see you stepping out of certain layers yeah onto another layer right that when you say hey music ministry is about god and leading them into worship right that's a maturity that god has maturated yeah yeah yeah. when i see that i'm just there to put fertilizer fertilizer (laughs) around it (laughs) right and and be able to nurture and to be able to cherish our relationship and be able to help you grow yeah and that would be no difference between you and my spouse or with god or with there should be no difference, right? But I see the potential in you, and I want you to pass me to pass me. You have to become a pastor. Yeah, I would want that for you. I don't want to hold you back at all. And right. where I got that from was Michael Marsingill, that poured into me and never wanted me to be behind him. Right, and 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 loved seeing me go and do what I yeah. what I got to do. Yeah, that. But that's a pastoral role. That's a parent role. Right. From a young adult role. That had to come through a young child role that was birthed out of an infancy of, hey, have you been regenerate? Okay, so you're saying that's part of the process. There's a cycle of life. It's the time and process that God has given us all around us. His his creation declares his glory. Right. Inside of your physical life, you were an infant, totally uh, dependent on your uh, mother. She ate meat and fed you milk. Correct. She digested and then fed you something you could eat. Yep. You were dependent on a sermon. Yeah. As the sermon became something you could understand and digest and eat, Mm -hmm. you became a young child and we no longer had to give you breast milk. We could give you pureed vegetables. Yeah. But you're eating food. Yeah, yeah. Eventually your teeth come in. You realize who you are. You get to start eating meat and you become a young adult. Only because you're going to become old enough to then reproduce and become a parent.
4: Okay, that makes sense.
1: And it doesn't mean that everybody has to progress all the way around. Right. But the diagram, is the design is there. The familial, communal image design of God is there. Right. And it was a godsend when I read that out of Real Life Discipleship by John Putman, or Jim Putman, I think it's Jim Putman, Jim Putman. We worked a workbook. I remember doing the workbook. It was great. The right. thing I remember the most is that cycle of life and what it meant to me because I was slamming my head against a ceiling that I didn't understand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Being a parent means when I went to my ordination service, and they're like, oh,
0: so, you know, <laughs> why do you want to be a pastor? Why do you want to be a pastor? But I the don't. first one was, yeah, exactly. The <laughs>
1: first one was, you know, tell us about your testimony. And I love telling my testimony. But then it was like, tell us your testimony, how you know you've been saved. And the other one was, tell us why you want to be a pastor. I don't. It's not a job. Yeah. I didn't come here to get approval to get paid. Right. He changed me from who I used to be into who I get to be. Right. And this is my next step inside of what he's opened up another door. And I'm I'm trying to step through it. Right. And if you don't agree, I really don't care. I'm still going to do it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Like, Unless
1: God closes it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, right. I'm totally good with God closing it.
0: But I, well, the other thing that I that comes to mind when I think about and talking about this specifically is that for a while while I was inside of church, God had to organically get me to a lot of these positions. There wasn't because discipleship is you know the uh, I like the way Dallas Willard puts it. It's the elephant in the room for the church, right? And I'm I've learned I've learned more over the past year than I think I have in the past, like 10 years, you know, so, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing, but also at the same time too, I, I get frustrated because there's new, there's new problems inside of this year that I don't have 10 years worth of experience in. And that, that, which becomes frustrating, but I also am learning that that's part of the process. And that's why God gives you people to walk with you. So when there's a lot of conversations that me and you have had where I wouldn't be able to have those conversations with a lot of people because I know our relationship and I know that you have been, you were with me in the very infant stage and kind of nudging me along to get there. But I do remember you telling me that there was work that I was going to have to do. Like, and I think I relate that to stepping into adolescence, like getting your first job Mm -hmm. at at a grocery store or something like that, where it's like, Hey, if you want something, you got to work for it. You got to get, you actually got to put the work in to, to be able to get that thing. so, and, and that's where in me doing the work, I can come back to you and you still have that parent role to me inside of like spiritually because I'll either say, hey, God showed me this and it was awesome and you go, amen. Or I, I'm say, I'm really struggling seeing what God wants me to take away from this. And we get to have those conversations because I know you're coming at them in love and it's for my growth. It's not for to deter me or to move me away, but it is to challenge me and put it in front of me in another way to look at it where it's presented in love to where it becomes my choice to whether I serve God and re- and bear his name well. And that's what it boils down to. Or I am, and and that's where I would say with being, being regenerate, I've had a lot of this happen in my life where there are things that I want to do, but inside of prayer, I realize that I can't do that because of whose I am. Like like defending myself and saying, you know, washing my hands of it and just throwing, throwing it away and not apologizing or taking accountability for choices that I made that were poor at the time. But at the end of the day, I still had to go to that person at the end and say, look, I, I need you to forgive me because I'm taking responsibility for my actions, and God wants me to apologize and to make that right. And the only way that I can do that is by apologizing and actually being accountable for what I've done. Which, to me, is a sign of growth, and I've had a real struggle with that, but I've done it multiple times over the year, and I'm thankful for it because the sense of relief that I get when I actually take accountability when I go back to God, when I when I mishandle an argument with my wife, I'll pop off at of my mouth and I'll sit down like God's going to let me study after I just popped off at the mouth, you know, and I have to go immediately into the room and go... Look, I apologize. I shouldn't have said that I'm just i'm and I have to say things I have to over communicate and say I'm not in a place to have the conversation right now, but I do want to go spend time with God, but I can't spend time with God because He wants me to make this situation right
1: <laughs> and most people talk about a broken and contrite heart being the one that God will hear and heal right, and we say that about salvation, yes, but then we don't understand. Discipleship, right? Which means, as your con- heart continues to break and know that it's contrite, because yeah. you run into another thing that you fail at, and another right. thing that you fail <laughs> yeah. at, it it drives you back into a dependence, right? The conversations that me and you get to have, as as sarcastic and cynical as I get to be, that's just who <laughs> I am, and that's the one that God gave you, and whatever. It. It's just like my physical life. Once I got to a certain point with my children. I didn't have an example in my life to know what to do. Right. So I was good up to 15, 16 years old. And then then after that, I, I just did the best I could inside of the fact that uh, praise God, I I was entering into salvation, but I was a very young Christian, right? but he was there and he was faithful and I got to run through all that. And then. Michael Marsingill, Rehoboth, when that took place and I go into his office and say, hey, what is discipleship? And I, me and you have had ex, you know extensive oh, yeah. conversations over that. Bottom line is the church has not been what we're supposed to be for so long. I agree. That as soon as you do get called into a position, yeah. you don't have time to grow up into it because you got grown up situations right already around you. Yeah. Now, that means baptism through fire. You you, yeah. you you get called, you get put in, and then you're going to run into things that, hey, maybe you could have took three courses at seminary like, what if such and such would happen? That's not your story. Right. What just happened is three people just came in, they got mad, and all three of them are going to go tell everybody in the public, you're the problem. Yeah. Oh, he didn't say this. And you know, you should have heard what he said. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to end prayer. Yeah. Be broken and contrite. Yep receive what you should and shouldn't do Yep, love on those that'll love you. Yep, And then at the end, you'll be amazed that the people that were against you will be the people that God changes their heart and they'll be your strongest advocate. Just like, you know, you go to a new school, there's a bully, you pop him in his nose, you get 10 days suspension. And then he's like, Hey, you know, you would hit me back. How about (laughs) me and you being friends? (laughs) So he can go be the bully that he wants to be. Yeah. Not really the greatest example, but the example is he's, he's leading you into the big boy water. Yeah. But just like Joshua or Moses or Elijah, the water's gotten deep. Yeah. 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 Because we've, we, we, we've, we've, we've had what God has done. Mm-hmm. And then we've become lazy. And when I say we, yeah. it's me and you and our brothers and sisters that go all the way back oh, yeah. to in the beginning, God Absolutely. created. Yeah. Um, We're together. Yeah. And, and it's not to separate from them. It's where me and you have been called.
2: Mm-hmm. We're behind. Yeah.
0: We're severely behind. I mean, well, yeah, absolutely. So let me let's jump on down through here because we've got to make some time, or we're going to be talking for another hour and a half. What is the proper understanding of freedom as believers believers in Christ? What should others take away from that, but also be warned about inside of inside of the freedom given to us as believers
3: and followers of Christ? Paul writes that you've been given freedom
1: yes but don't use your freedom right for yourself your flesh right or to manipulate others right what he means by that is this god has changed you and he's offensively put you on the
3: board yeah you are now let's say a bishop right you got your lane
2: yeah the only
3: thing that
1: the opposition can do is try to deceive you of who you are
3: and the goal for which you're trying to achieve. Right. Freedom for the believer is this. I used to look at things physically, including
1: Jesus,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but now I no longer look at him purely physically because the only thing that matters is the spiritual truth for which he was proclaiming. That's not me. That's Paul. So what that means is like me to you. In other words, like Paul does this a lot. You know, this is from the Lord. And then this is my opinion. What that means for me and you is this. God's given us this physical life, but it's just a stage. Yeah. What matters is what Jesus was spiritually doing. And he would say it like this. Oh, take up your mat and walk. But you don't like that. But which one's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? Yeah. Because you can see the physical sign and him get up and walk, and you'll be like, oh, man, he can heal the flesh. But which is more spectacular, the spiritual healing or the physical healing? spiritual healing. And they said, but nobody can do that but God.
3: Right. So here's the thing. God can use me to eternally make somebody alive. Yes. And the only one that can do that is God.
1: Yep. And even though I say, "Hey, you see the physical change in him, maybe I was a part of that, yeah, but only God changed his heart,
3: right, So which one's easier for me to say, I saved his soul, or I changed the way he acts? Oh, it's easier for you to say, Oh,
1: look, Eric, you know brought him to celebrate recovery, and then he started acting better, and it must be celebrate recovery. No, that's easy, and it's a lie. The truth is, God changed his heart." Mm-hmm. And he started to act differently through that, and right. then I got to speak into the actions that I saw because of the heart condition that I knew that it would take right and, and the hard and straight and narrow is the message we have to share with one another right but it's both and it's not either or you cannot be changed and it not change your biological life correct but your biological life is not going to consistently change without a Zoe change right. Um, And Jesus is like literally breaking that down. And Paul is coming in and saying, listen, I used to think what Jesus did for my physical life was important, but it doesn't matter because this is going in the ground.
0: That's interesting. Is that why he kind of gets, is that why he sort of gets over the thorn in the flesh thing? Is that why he gets over? He's like, I prayed three times and it wasn't taken away from me. So, you know, that's fine because it's not really the, it's not the bio, it's the Zoe. Okay. So think about where that is in context. Where is it at? Uh, I love it when he plays this game. I I can't remember where it is. It's my first power verse.
1: <laughs> and I've told him this like a thousand times. So There's like people in my
0: life that are <laughs> like,
3: oh, 2 Corinthians 12. Second...
0: There's people in your life that say 2 Corinthians 12? Yeah, because they know it's my first power verse. Who?
1: Not you. Well, duh, <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10 is... I, my grace I, is made sufficient in your weakness right through your weakness christ's power is made manifest therefore i now boldly confess uh and i i now boldly i i'm boldly tell my persecutions calamities Powerful hardships us, huh? Huh? yeah absolutely probably, I, like yeah. i said first <laughs> okay. I, i've been doing this for a while i'm old <laughs> but at the end of it it says for when i'm weak then i'm strong and what that meant to me when i read it and why it's my power versus this yeah my grace is sufficient Right. My unmerited favor and what you've already received, don't look for another lottery. You've already hit it.
0: Oh, yeah. Amen to that.
1: All right. So because you've hit it, it says your weakness is how Christ's power is made known. So in other words, the weaker that I am and the more that he uses me and you're like, Eric, you're awesome. No, I'm a piece of garbage. <laughs> but let me tell you about the one that changed me. Right. Right. All right. So then what does Paul say? I consider everything that I used to be rubbish. Right. Dung. Yeah. B.S. Yeah. yeah. All right because of the unsearchable riches of what Christ has made known. right? Same thing in my life. My grace is sufficient unto you right. because my power is made known in your weakness. Therefore, I more boldly proclaim and make known, right. it's not the exact words, make known right. my, my calamities and my persecutions yeah. and my everything, insecurities, everything that's negative about me mm-hmm. becomes my strength because at the end of the verse it says, But when I am weak, then I am strong. I am a methamphetamine junkie with track marks in my arm without Christ. Yeah. I don't have to make that up. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Because I love myself and I didn't have someone other to love that was greater than me. Now, with that, with that change, with that exchange, what was my weakness, which is loving myself, becomes my strength because I know that that's the cost. So I can look in the eyes of someone with track marks in their arm and say, Nope, that's a crappy excuse. It's not true. Yeah. If he can change me, he can change you, and he's done it so that you can hear it. Now, I've got the T-shirt, and I'm meeting you inside of what used to be my weakness, (laughs) Right, and you can either agree with it or you can turn away from it, but if you turn away from it, you're not turning away from me. Right. You're turning away from the miracle worker that worked a miracle in me, Right, and that's the spirit behind me, and the spirit behind you is saying, I don't want to do that. I want to keep doing what I do. So we're testing the spirits like in 1st John right. and we are seeing who we really love and who we really worship. Why? Because we are servants right. of our masters right and all you're hearing is me lift up my master and all I'm hearing is you lift up your master and what I will tell you is this, I don't have to pretend that I'm not weak. I know I am. Oh yeah. But inside of that there's strength. Yeah. Inside of that I find a foundation and foundation. Inside right. of that we get to talk about the things we're talking about. Yeah. Apart from that, I'm nothing. Now, the, the thorn in the flesh, right? that comes after it. Oh. So, Mick, tell us what comes before it. Interesting. You just did. Nope. That came after it. That's all after it. What? The thorn in the flesh is like 12, 4, or 5. That was 12, 9,
0: and 10. Okay. I don't know what came before it. Because we don't have our Bibles out.
4: But no. it it
1: is defense. <laughs> all right, so here's well, I mean, the thing.
0: I mean, I have logos out, but.
1: Well, you want to read before it? It says, hold on. I know a man 13 years, 14 years ago that was called mm-hmm. into the third heavens, which is him, but it, in the body, out of the body. I do not 2 know. Second
0: Corinthians. What? Second Corinthians.
1: Well, just 12. You can start in, I don't know, verse two through. I don't, we're going to go to nine. Cause that's where I picked up. Okay. So verse two.
0: And we'll get exactly what he was talking about with the thorn in the flesh when he gets there. Oh, uh, we'll just, what is, what is this? All right, so if I read 1 through 10 would that be enough? Uh yes, yeah, okay. th- that would be everything. <clears throat> I must go on. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows and he heard things that cannot be told which which man may may not utter on behalf of this man i will boast but on my own behalf i will not boast except for my weakness though if though if i should wish to boast i would not be be a fool for i would be speaking the truth but i refrain from it so that no one no one may think more of me than than he sees in me or I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. All right, so we back up. The reason that Paul's writing
1: this is people would show up and, and they would say, Hey, to be an apostle of Christ, you had to, according to Acts 2, have walked with Christ since the beginning. Right. When Matthias was voted in by lots. Yep. All right, when that took place... There were either two options. When Paul would go into a town and he would preach the gospel into the Gentiles, uh-huh. Judaizers would come in and say, well, oh, that's great. Paul's kind of half true, but you need to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And he would say, hey, these apostles that are being sent from Jerusalem are super apostles. That's one way of seeing it. Right. And or he would go into a town and he would start preaching. And they're like, you're not one of the 12. And he would say, well, okay, so these 12 super apostles that you're saying walk with Jesus all the time, none of them was raised into the third heavens, which I don't know. I was. Yeah. So even though I'm not trying to boast, and even though there would be no worthiness of me boasting, because it's only because he brought me up there in the body, out of the body. I don't know. Is it bio? Is it psyche? Zoe? It's all of them. But I am not subservient to the apostles that walk with him in the flesh you're calling them a super apostle when i'm the only one that saw him in his resurrected form i'm the only one that saw him in the third heavens so if you go back to galatians 1 10 which i'm not at the approval of man but the approval of god because i wouldn't be a servant if i'm after man's approval the next verse says and what i received i didn't receive it from any man i wasn't taught it from any man i was shown it By God, and he's talking about when he was raised into the third heavens, the Damascus road, blinding, nobody else saw it but him. Right. Experience of, oh, I don't know if I can explain it, but I can tell you, I saw it. Yeah. So that, to keep me from being conceited, Mm -hmm. most people believe he's going blind. Interesting. So the thorn in Satan, and he says three times, what is the significance of the number three in Divinity, Right. All right, so divinity, seven is perfection. So it's perfect divinity. Perfect divinity would be seven, seven, seven. But Correct. you're right, the three is divinity. Yeah. So what he says is, and I'm the super apostle, and to keep me from bragging, Satan sent a messenger to keep me humble, and I divinely prayed, but he's taken my sight. So if you pay attention in a lot of his in a lot of his epistles, it'll say, and I'm writing this with my own hand. Most people think
0: because he couldn't see. Right. And and usually he had a scribe. Well, I know he says somewhere else that, that they would have given him their eyes. Who who was his scribe? Who always traveled with Paul? Oh, man. Timothy? No. No. I know the answer, but I don't know. I can't remember his name. He knows the answer. I do. I, you know. Let's okay, see. Okay, I don't know the answer. I've heard it before. I can't recall. Obviously, I don't know it because I can't recall it. Is that better?
1: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the fact that you're on tape...
0: <laughs> Dude, uh, I will so, so how many how many gospels? Do you believe this people? How, <laughs> how many, many times have you heard me say on this program that he
1: knows, but then he's like,
0: nope. How many really... times have you heard me say I'm not a s I'm not smart sixty-five percent of the time. I'm, I'm not, right I'm... every
2: time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See what I have to deal with? I do this how like, many gospels are there?
4: Four. M-
3: whose names are they under?
4: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John.
3: How many walk with Jesus? Four of them. No. Ooh, the wheels are turning. Matthew,
0: Matthew, John. Because Luke interviewed him, right? That's right. He interviewed. He interviewed. So, will you stop with that? Uh, I don't know. Trebek kicked me off the show.
3: Let's make it a true daily double. Oh my god! Let's wager it all.
0: Y'all better know that I love all of y'all <laughs> to endure this. I'm just kidding. And.
3: Oh. <laughs> it's as always, but okay. Oh, see,
1: and I can't even get it right.
0: But. I mean, if we're going to make fun of right, me, so at least Matthew, do it. Accurately. Oh, my goodness. So,
1: Matthew, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, Matthew, Tax definitely. Collector. Sure, John. John, because he's the disciple that.
0: And I know uh, Jesus loved. Him. All right. Uh, he's also the youngest one. He also all beat right. Peter in a foot race. Would you like any more fun facts?
1: Uh, Mark. What happened to Mark? Ooh. Uh Book of Acts. Who wrote Acts?
0: Luke did. Okay, Luke
1: wrote Acts, and he also wrote
0: Luke. Luke, yeah. Okay, so that's a gospel. Inter- that's why I was saying he he interviewed people, though. Right,
4: right. It was like
0: it was based off the accounts of people that were with Jesus. Right, and and then at the beginning he says, "This is O to you, uh,
1: Gentile." That's a, starts with a, 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 a th. the a T H, oh, Theopolis. Yeah, okay.
0: Oh, yeah, Theopolis, That's it. He, Bo- both he, the Gospel of
1: Luke's and the no, Gospel of Luke, the Gospel, the Gospel of, of Luke
3: and <laughs> Acts,
1: yeah, are both addressed to Theopolis, Yeah, who was a Gentile. Yeah, so it's the Gospel into the Gentiles. Yeah, who did God send to the Gentiles? Paul. So Luke is Paul's account of the Gospels.
0: Is it? Yeah. So when you get to Acts and you see the language switch to we. Hold on, wait, wait, real fast before Uh-oh. you continue on. Uh I didn't know that. There it is on tape again. Sixty-five percent of that. That would be sixty-five <laughs> and a half now. So inside of the,
1: the book of Acts, yeah, when it switches to the we language, right, that's Luke and Act, yeah, Luke and Paul together in the book of Acts.
0: Right, right. So the the Gospel of Luke is is nothing more than the the witness accounts, and he's just documenting them to for the for the Gentiles. But when we get into Acts, he's actually doing this stuff with them. So that's why it turns into the we language, right?
1: Yes, because Luke was sent to the Gentiles, right? As far as the Gospel, yes. And then when he picks up with Paul, the yeah. reason that I recommend everyone to read Luke through at the end of Acts, yeah, is it gives you the whole story. by one author that was written to the pagan right the gentile yeah yeah. reason logic chrono uh historical chronology Uh it's written the way that we read right 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 um an excellent greek theologian so i mean it's the easiest for us to wrap our mind around luke through acts right but then what about mark what do we know about mark and mark was the What do we know about
0: Mark and Axe?
1: Yeah. I don't know. So he went on a mission trip, one of the three. You'd have like a
3: 33.3% just guessing. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. I don't don't know now.
0: Which
1: cup is it under?
0: (laughs) I I feel so beat up. So, yes. Why don't you just tell me the answer, man? You're driving me nuts. Either way, Paul...
1: Gets in a fight with Mark because Mark gives up on him. They get to the mountainous area after coming off of Patmos Crete. And they John land. Mark, John Mark is Mark.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right?
1: Barnabas is companion later on because they split over him.
0: Yeah, Mark writes Peter. Paul, does, Paul doesn't want anything to do with them. It's, him it's in, Peter's uh, gospel. Mark, okay. Mark is Peter's scribe.
2: Okay.
4: Sweet. So gl- it's really Matthew, I'm Peter. Glad,
0: I'm glad we went through all of that to get
1: that answer. Matt, Peter is the first one suffering servant.
4: Right.
3: It's important. No, it is important. Matthew it's is important. to the Jew. Yeah, I knew that
4: part. John is... What?
3: You knew that part. So I was just wondering if you
4: knew no, that. No, no, no. I knew that Matthew was to the Jews. Okay.
3: Luke
0: was to the... Gentile. John was to the... I don't know.
1: Everybody, because they made it about Jews and Gentiles off of Peter. Ah. Uh,
0: which was Mark.
4: Yeah.
3: It's a fun time.
4: It's like super fun
0: times. He looks frazzled. I think we're about to go, guys. I, I had other <laughs> questions, but it's not even worth it anymore. So we thank you for joining us today on the podcast. We hope that you have taken away information that will help you and challenge what you believe for the benefit of growing in your walk with God. <laughs> If you'd like to support the ministry, you can join us on Patreon. I don't know why you would. But oh, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> Goodness gracious.
0: So patreon.com slash Out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Faith Out. If you have any questions or comments or want to get involved, you can contact us at our email. It is faithfleshedout at com. Once again, that is faithfleshedout at gmail.com. You know, I had a I had a Christmas present for you, but now I'm going to delay it another week and a half.
1: You could wait until next Christmas, and you only have to get one.
0: No, I'm just going to do it late on purpose. But yeah, we thank you once again for for joining us. Do you have anything that you would like to like to close I, out with? Or? I do. I appreciate
1: you spending time with us as always.
0: Um, you know, God love him. You know,
1: and and look, this is the only episode I'm going to tease him about. So hopefully, <laughs> we'll be back to normal next time. Uh, you know, it's it is what it
0: is. Yeah. Merry Christmas! It, yeah. It's
1: right around Christmas when we did this. You yeah, know? well, it's actually Merry the, the
0: death of Christ. It's actually the day after, so we apologize for that. And as we, I will be saying actually, as we move forward, we're going to do the one more episode to close out the In Light of the Gospel series, <laughs> and then we will probably be taking like a short little week or two week, two week break um, to get back and and uh, ramp up into season two. Pretty much because I figured we did twenty episodes, which was which was plenty. And we're getting ready to do some some moving. We're getting ready to change our studio. We've gotten new equipment and stuff like that. So we're really excited about it. And we got a lot of moving pieces. And I I have to be taught a lot of different things that I that I suck at because well Eric sucks at it too, and I'm a little bit more inclined in in to understanding the knowledge. But uh, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. I get to get to talk to more people who know more stuff than I do and they get to make me feel dumb about technology just like just like Eric makes me feel real stupid when it comes to the bible but it's all in love it's all in love that's what I just keep reminding myself so if you two have a victim mentality you can call 1-800-MIXED-HOTLINE no 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 victim mentality it's all it's hey I love I love the challenge and and it's uh it's great for it builds a lot of character that's what I can say. You know, it's the world's smallest violins playing over there. Oh, man. I mean, I'm mean, i telling you. Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, I'm telling you. But no, we, we do appreciate y'all <laughs> joining us and uh, hanging out with us and talking. This was really... This was actually a lot of fun, even though I got made fun of a lot. Oh, whatever. Don't feel sorry it for was, him. He... Don't even fun. do it. Just, <laughs> I don't, don't even... Listen. Bye, Eric. <laughs> All right. No, for real. Do you have any closing thoughts for real? I, I mean... Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, love you. Merry Christmas. Do me a favor. Say bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. Why would you do that at the end? Roll the outro. (laughs)